This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 37 of Wisdom by Wisa on the Horse Radio Network. I'm Glenn the Geek, owner of the Horse Radio Network and host of the Horses in the Morning podcast. Welcome to Wisdom by Wisa on the Horse Radio Network. This podcast is brought to you by the Western and English Sales Association, WISA. They provide the world's largest trade events for retailers, manufacturers, and sales representatives of the equestrian industry. In this podcast, we feature exclusive interviews with noteworthy Western and English personalities, retailers, and exhibitors who you've always wanted to talk to. Don't miss out on all the news for manufacturers and retailers in the equine industry. We have something special for you this episode as Coach Jen from the Horse Tip Daily Podcast and me, we bring you some recordings we did at WISA at the trade show in Denver a few weeks ago. I tried to find some new companies with some new products, and I'll just play these interviews back to back. Hopefully you will find them entertaining and maybe find a product or two that might interest you. Thank you to Sophia for helping with this, and it was good to finally meet Mike and Casey in person, the normal hosts of this show. They will be back for the next episode. We hope you enjoy these interviews. And I am here at WISA. We're coming here to talk about new products, new companies, new stuff. And we walked past a booth, and there's a giant banner in the back that says Performance Pony Company. And, of course, we were right in, being pony lovers. So I stopped by, and I'm chatting with Camarie Widmer, and you're with the Performance Pony Company. Tell me all about Performance Pony. How did it start? What is it about? Well, the Performance Pony Company started a little over four years ago, and it's I've found that I was having troubles when I was training ponies and had a lot of kids that I was helping. And um, I really didn't have a solution to the head shaking because I didn't have anything that fit them. The head stalls were too big. The bits were too big. So ponies are not going to be mannerly if they're not comfortable. No, just like kids or adults. You there know, you none of us are going to be comfortable mannerly if we're uncomfortable. So um, I told my mom, I said, somebody just needs to make something like a junior cow horse for a pony. And I thought that that would make a big difference. And so um, I couldn't find them anywhere online and I couldn't really find anybody who was wanted to make them. Uh, bit makers don't really care to... Bit do- making is all about volume. I yes. get that. It's, hard, it's very hard to find a variety of bits under size five. Right. Yes. Yes. So I just, my mom and I were talking about it and she said, well, why don't you do something about it? So here we have, um, I think there's 17 bits um, collectively and they come in four and four and a half inch mouthpieces from, you know, like the cow horse style bits that we call our cow pony collection to a few uh, chain port, hackamores, combination bits. I, yes. I see bits here that I would typically see on Gymkhana or barrel racing or mm-hmm. rodeo type horses. Yes. I never realized being an English person predominantly that riding ponies tiny equines in rodeo sports was so big but it's and getting bigger and getting bigger you're mm-hmm. con- yes you're seeing those videos online yes yes as the the industry growing um i mean the world has kind of shifted to where kids come first in general um, yes. in all sports yes. and so um it, it's happening in rodeo too um, i come from a rodeo background myself and so that's kind of why it's uh, Western tack, and we've got the leg boots and everything too for no, the sport ponies. Yes, you ponies. also have teensy weensy little yes. uh, protective boots. You even have thirteen inch cinches. Thirteen inch cinches, which are yeah, that's smaller than my. 
I could wrap that around my wrist and wear it as a <laughs> as a bracelet. A lot of I'm people ask sure. if it's supposed to be a keychain. I say it can also double as a towel holder if you <gasps> like to decorate. It totally would. Yeah, so it's multi-purpose. But I do sell a lot of them. I had 10 going into Vegas and I came home with one. Well, so where else are they going to find them? Exactly. And I noticed there's a tag on there that says made in the USA. All yes, the better. Ma'am. Yep. All the tax made in the USA. So yeah. tell me about one of the products that you think everybody in the universe who loves ponies and loves to compete their ponies should know about. To me, I think the most important thing for your pony is having a bit that fits. Whether, um, you know, a lot of kids have are heavy handed and they're balancing on the reins That's a lot. true. So they're the youngins. pony Hackamore is actually my number one seller, uh, which surprises me because I don't come from a Hackamore background. But it keeps these kids out of the pony's mouths. And while they're learning, if they're a little bit more aggressive, ours is set up so that it's a side pull. So the pony's getting you know, it's a spread out pressure versus you're not, a direct you're not pinching. pressure. You're yes. not pinching. You're not pulling. You're not, you know, seesawing anything back and forth. So that's a really good seller. And then our cow pony collection, it's a step up from a snaffle bit. So you have um, more control and, than a snaffle. But there's still, again, you're not going to ruin your pony's mouth if the kids do get a it's, little And it's very interesting because you have, this is a sophisticated group of bits in that yes. you have bits that have tongue relief. Mm-hmm. You have bits that have pull pressure. You have bits that aren't bits at all, hackamores. You right. have snaffles in an assortment, and you've even put a little extra thought into the design of that snaffle. Yes. So um, I found when I was training ponies that the average snaffle bit for a pony has really small rings on it. And I was finding in just myself that these would slide through the pony's mouth. I put together a snaffle bit where the rings are smaller than a horse snaffle bit, but bigger than what you find in most stores for a pony snaffle so that it won't slide through their mouths. There we go. Because typically, if you go to a store that does not specialize in pony products or Western products, the smaller bits you find there that are single-jointed snaffles, the ring on there is teeny. Weensy yes. and pretty useless. Right. It's really made to be an overcheck and then they just re- repurposed it. Pretty so, much. Yes. <laughs> pretty it's just somebody said, hey, we need to have something for a pony. Let's throw this together. Yeah, throw this together. And, and they, a lot of them are nickel plated as well and they bend. Really great. And not so really great. everything that we have is stainless steel or sweet iron with copper inlays. They're um, good quality bits. Yes. yes. Yep. Um, the Performance Pony Company is based on quality. You know, for me, um, I come from rodeo background. I believe that quality is more important. You know, it's right. quality and proper function. I don't want anything to fall apart. I don't want people calling me saying that my pony's hurt or this broke or anything like that. It's all good quality leather, stainless steel conchos and bits and uh, po- ponies and kids deserve good quality too. Yeah, they do. Not only for safety, but they a product that's going to live its life and be useful well after that child grows out of that pony and into the next pony. Well, and you know, to me, this company isn't just about helping kids as they grow up. It's, this is about the whole industry. You know, kids start on ponies and, Again, if you go back to, you know, kids get bucked off these days and they, they want to quit if it's pony or horse sometimes. Well, if we can help them gain control and then they have a good experience on that pony, then they're going to ride horses. Right. And, um, you know, they're going to stay in the industry versus they get bucked off and have one bad experience and they're right. done. So, Well, you do a lot to support kids. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, so the Performance Pony Company has the Pony Pro team. Uh, we sponsor 50 kids and some adults across the country every year. They go through um, an application process where they have to fill out a paper application. They have to send in a video answering a question about why ponies are important to them or uh, what's one thing that they've, that's been a difficult challenge for them with their pony and how they overcame it. So they get spotlights on the, um, 
on our Performance Pony Company Facebook and Instagram page. Everybody gets their own individual one. And there's a page for all of the parents and kids to ask questions. And we try to be really interactive. And we just put that stuff out there for the world to see and the difference that ponies really are making. There we go. Now, for folks who are curious about Pony Bits and the Performance Pony Company, they can find your products at local tax stores. But where can they learn more about the company? Um, You can find it at performancepony.com. Or on Facebook, just Performance Pony Company in the search bar and Instagram at Performance Pony Co. Perfect. Thank you very much, Camry. Thank you. Well, I am here with Russ, and he is president of Outfitter Supply, and they have the Trail Max brand, which I think a lot of our listeners may have heard of. And one thing, we've done 8,000 episodes literally over the last 12 years, and we've never talked about panniers for horses for packing. And you have a wide variety of them here. So talk to us. First, people are still buying them. Yes. In fact, uh, the traditional canvas and leather panniers are probably our best seller. And they're beautiful. And they are beautiful. And and they develop character over the years. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, you know, we've seen these as old as 50 years and they're still being used. Now, these hang off the sides, and they have leather straps that connect to what that's on top of the horse for anybody that's never been packing. Well, on... on or mule uh, or whatever. Most saddle, uh, pack saddles, uh, there's a traditional old sawbuck wooden tree. They're like crosses, almost. They're like crosses, and, and that's traditional, and then we sell a lot of those. And they just hang from those. And they just... You, you put the... Uh, Carry straps over the top of those saw bucks, one from each side, and you're de- you go down the trail. And how much will each one of these hold, poundage wise? Well, a rule of thumb is that a pack horse or a mule can carry twenty percent of its own weight. Okay, that might be stretching it. That's a, little a lot bit. for a thousand pound horse. <laughs> yeah, that's hundred pounds a side. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'd recommend you stay at. 80, 80, 80, okay. 80 is a good load. Well, and you know, 80 times 2 is 160, and that's a, that's a person, right? So, that's right. Yeah. Okay. That's right. And, and this is dead weight. So dead weight is a little harder to carry than a rider who can shift with the, with the ebb and flow of the horse. That's so. true. I didn't think about yeah. that. So we, we have the traditional canvas one, and then you have another one that's right below it here. Yes, we have one made of iron cloth. And it's a very tough material, and it's all reinforced with uh, nylon webbing in the in the wear spots and the stress points, and uh, it it goes on just like the canvas and leather, and it's one of our Are they most popular. N- they're highly water <laughs> resistant. resistant. Okay, if you're in a downpour for four days, you're screwed. Generally, in conjunction with a set of panniers, you'll you'll use a top pack. And uh, they, they fit right on top of the two panniers, and, and then you can put a rain cover over the entire thing. Got it. Okay. Because so, I think, you know, a lot of our listeners are all horse people, but 99% have never been packing before, you know? So, yeah. Right, right. Now that you have the other one, <laughs> tell the us about one. the other one. The other one is our uh, Trailmax bear-resistant. They call them bear-resistant because nothing is bear-proof. But uh, it's certified by the interagency grizzly bear management team. <laughs> First of all, there is one of those. <laughs> and they have a testing facility in uh, West Yellowstone. 
Oh. And uh, in they this, just leave it out for a bunch of bears to attack. That's exactly right. And <laughs> put and some they, meat in it or something. <laughs> there has to be a, and they're all grizzlies or Kodiaks from Alaska. Oh, they're but, even nastier, aren't they? Well, they're bigger, <clears throat> bigger. Yeah, yeah. And so they get the they get an opportunity to. And what they usually do is these bears trade off. One will work on it for a while because there's some really good smelling stuff inside. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so one will work on it. He'll go away because he can't get in. Another one will come over and start playing with it. And the one that with, in the picture here is uh, a 550-pound uh, Kodiak, and he's standing on top of it giving it CPR. <laughs> And and they have to work on it. There has to be a bear work on it continuously for an hour, for it and not get into it for it to pass inspection. And this did, I see. And this passed. So it's made out of a very durable plastic. It looks like or polymer of some sort. It's it's a pol it's a polymer. Yeah. Yes, yes. And and it hangs the same way. Only it's rigid. It's not like the other packs, which have somewhat softer sides. It is rigid, but it's easy for a human to get in because it's got one thumb screw. And the lid slides out like a drawer, mm. and um, huh. uh, so so it's easy to use, and it keeps the critters out, and it satisfies a lot of the regulations in in your northwestern states, mostly Montana, Idaho, Wyoming. Uh, they have regulations about bear bear resistant containers, or you have to hang them, or you have to hang your food in a yeah. tree, which is not easy. No. And, All uh, the hikers will know. Will tell you about hanging, hanging yeah. their bags. Yeah, and they're yeah. hanging uh, ten or fifteen pounds. Yeah, these are sixty, seventy, <laughs> yeah, eighty pounds hang a each. Sixty pound, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, this is very cool. And uh, where can people find your products? Well, outfittersupply.com. We also uh, have many dealers around the country. If you happen to be close to a Murdoch store or a Tractor Supply. Uh, they have access to our entire line. Oh, okay. And uh, and we drop ship for them. But uh, outfittersupply.com. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks yeah. a bunch. You're welcome. Well, I'm at Wisa, and we found another brand new company to Wisa, but not a brand new company. They've been doing this a long time. And it seems like every time we come to one of the trade shows, we have to highlight a sock company because one, Jennifer loves socks, and she has about 5,000 pairs. And we are with Kelly, and she is with FBF. And and you have a little bit of everything here, including every NFL team imaginable. Uh, but that's how you started, right? Um, actually, we started in the college business and novelty business and then grew from there and um, obtained NFL, NBA, NHL, and uh, have grown from there as well. So tell us about your socks. So our socks are made of the highest quality products. We're very particular about our raw materials. Um, they go through an extensive quality control inspection process, and we take it very seriously. And uh, we have a new product line called Bug Armor, and it actually repels insects, ticks, fleas, mosquitoes, any kind of insect. It absolutely repels, and it really does work. Well, now, I heard ticks, and being a chronic Lyme sufferer, mm. uh, I heard that because it's something that us horse people have to deal with all the time, and it's a scary deal. Absolutely. Um, it absolutely protects it helps protect and um it will keep the ticks and other insects off of your socks which a lot of the times as you know they crawl up 
Now, do I never wash the socks uh, or the, for fear the stuff will wash out? Or do I get to wash my socks? You get to wash your socks. Okay, good. Absolutely. We want to you it. to wash your socks. <laughs> <laughs> your neighbor wants you to wash your socks. My wife wants me to yes, wash my socks. Yes, your wife definitely wants you to. <laughs> yes. So it lasts about 100 washings. Oh, wow. It's effectiveness. Yes. Well, that's so very cool. Very and that's called longevity. bug armor. Bug armor. Yes. Okay. And, and it is EPA approved. And you also are brand new licensee for Wrangler, right? We are. We're super excited. Very excited about Wrangler. Um, a very iconic brand and uh, very proud to be a licensee. And we have quite a wide product selection. You do. I'm looking at all the Wrangler yeah. socks. I mean, and, and they're all kind of things that you would expect Wrangler to put out, right? Absolutely. And we have the authentic cowboy cut sock. So it, I can... A cowboy cut sock. So it has the authentic Wrangler patch and it's embroidered in and it just like the back of the jeans, which Wrangler is iconic and well known for. And they are the best boot socks you will ever wear. They I look and they, behind it. Yours all have the heel and toe box, uh, the, the, the tougher stuff. I don't know how to say it in yep. sock language. Yep. Reciprocated but, heel and toe. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the tougher parts. The sock go. <laughs> And you also have a horsey line. We do. We have all kinds of novelty horse socks from horse chores and um, different kinds of uh, Southwest designs and just a lot of fun. I like the little piggies designs. on the socks, too. They're cute. Yeah, they're very, very <laughs> cute. And a line, we have um, over 88 dog breeds. Oh, wow. That we actually stock. I love so. that you put the names on the top, too. Like, if you forget which dog you have. Exactly. You, you can. <laughs> if you can't find your Jack Russell, we'll point it out for you. <laughs> That's fun. And then they also have the socks, which caught my attention, which are Reese's, Kisses, Hershey bars, Jolly Ranchers. I love the Hershey socks. We grew up, She, her mom grew up in Hershey, right by oh, the factory. Wow. So. Yeah, fantastic company. Yeah. Um, very family driven, obviously, with the children's program. Um, they support the initiative for education and helping children. Um, it's, it's a wonderful company. And again, we're very proud to be licensed with Hershey's. We also have a line of Hershey socks that, and other socks that are called Smell My Feet. Oh, no. <laughs> so. You need to make that for horse people. Yeah, we do. <laughs> smell like. I wonder what they smell like. But um, they actually smell like the Jolly Ranchers. Actually, smell like the Jolly Ranchers. Oh, really? The the chocolate ones smell like chocolate. Oh, that's cool. And the Reese's <laughs> actually smell like Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, that's funny. So they're very fun. A <laughs> lot of fun. Where can people buy them? Um, actually, you can get them off of shopfbf.com. So shopfbf. Yes. Frankboyfrank.com. Absolutely. And you can also find them in retail stores across the country. So from Dick's Sporting Goods to Fanatics Online, Amazon, um, Academy, your local tax stores. Absolutely. We need HRN socks. We don't have HRN socks. We do. Yeah, we need those. We, Thanks we need a to bunch. Hook you up. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I am here with Gemma, and she is with Happy Horse, and it's their first time at WISA. So welcome. Thank you. Yeah, we're happy to be here. It's been a so great show. Tell us about Happy Horse. What is Happy Horse? What do you sell? Sure. What do you do? So the brand Happy Horse, um, it's actually been around since 1997. It was started by a farrier in Missouri, and he was looking for a fly spray that would keep his horses still as he was shooing them. He didn't like getting kicked? He did not. Oh. So he formulated this really great fly repellent and started selling it out of the back of his truck. He did that for several years, um, and that's what started the company. So it all based around a fly spray um, and over the years it's you know he got older and um, the business was passed down to his children um, and we had the opportunity to acquire it about two years ago so our parent company is called PF Harris and um, happy horse is a brand under our parent company got it and you have a lot of products 
We do. We have about 16 right now with about six more in the works. Seems like we've got a product idea every day. So fly spray was where it started, and it it's is. still where it is. There's right. a lot of fly spray. Yeah. Uh, but there's, tell us about the other kinds of products. So at the moment, we're doing all things equine. We're all horse people. Um, as a brand manager, I've got two horses. My uh, What do you partner, do? Sorry, what? Trail ride, compete. I do dressage. Oh, yeah. But then to get my adrenaline fix, I fox hunt. Oh, yeah. So we got a couple of thoroughbreds. Well, we do the dressage and... show and the fox hunting show. So, Very fun. So there you go. Great, yeah. <laughs> I think they complement each other well. One's a lot of uh, fun. The other one's a little more disciplined. So, yeah. <laughs> so now there's a specific product we're going to talk about right now. Yes. Tell us about that. Um, so one of our unique items that is really um, gaining a lot of traction is going to be our organic neem oil. And this is an oil that is extracted from a tree in India. Um, it's all natural. There's no additives. It's cold pressed from the seeds of this tree, and we have found a number of uses with it with our horses. Uh, primarily, we're using it for um, as a natural insect repellent. Um, it's a very thick oil. When you mix it with water and apply it to your horse, it gives you uh, a really great natural protection from flies, mosquitoes, gnats, anything that's going to be irritating and flying. Um, so again, I use this also as like a SWAT product, so I'll apply it undiluted to my horse's ears or their bellies, any place that they're going to get those biting gnats. It also has a lot of cool properties. It's antibacterial and antifungal, so it treats conditions like rain rot, dermatitis. That's where we've heard about neem oil before was rain rot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's highly effective for treating any kind of skin conditions. Um, it's really popular in, um, in medicated products for humans as well, so curing uh, rashes and um, itchy places on people. So, And I also use it on my dogs with their hot spots. And, and pretty much any skin ailment, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be beneficial. And it's 100%, right, neem oil? 100% organic. It is cold-pressed. Okay. It's OMRI listed. This comes shipped directly from India, um, and it's it's a great natural Are they the only people with the neem trees? They are, actually. Is it a neem tree? I cannot pronounce the real name, uh, but we can we can call it that. The, yeah, it's actually related to the same tree that is extracted um, tea tree oil, oh. so it carries a lot of the same antibacterial and antifungal properties. Those are busy trees. Very, yes, they are. Yeah, but we found a lot of benefits, and it's one of our favorite products. Where can people find the products? So we are available on Amazon. We're on our website at happyhorse.com. And we're in a number of farm and feed stores and tax shops across the country. Um, and we're hoping to be in a lot more stores here real soon. And they can find that at happyhorse.com too, I assume. Yes, happyhorse.com is our website. And you can find the products and videos and more about neem oil if you're interested, as well as a number of blogs about our products. We live in Florida. Neem oil's a necessity, I think. I think it is. We have every rash and biting insect there is in the world. And you have uh, moisture and you have high temperatures, (laughs) so you've got rain rot for sure. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, whatever your ailment is, I think it's it's a great natural solution. Thanks a bunch. Great. Thank you. Happyhorse.com. Thank you. Well, one of the places I wanted to make sure I stopped at when we were at WESA this year is Nettles. Nettles makes stirrups. Nettles makes stirrups for Western saddles. That sounds so simple and straightforward, but it is not. Because like everything else in the Western business, um, they're gorgeous and they're beautiful. But they are also high tech. And that surprised me. I did not expect that part. I expected the beautiful part. So we're going to start out with Gala Nettles here, who is one of the primary folks at Nettles. And you're going to give me maybe a little bit of the background because Nettles has been around a bit, hasn't it? 32 years. 32 years. How did this whole thing get started? Because obviously 32 years ago, somebody was making stirrups. What made you want to make your own? 
We didn't. We didn't start out to want to make our own by any means. This was never started out to be a business. Um, Ronnie, my husband Ronnie Nettles, who came up with all of this, was looking for a better product for himself. He trains horses for a living, and yet the stirrups should do more than just be a place to put your foot. And we literally wrapped his legs in the morning before he went to the barn in vet wrap because the pressure from the stirrups that were available and riding all day would cause them to be raw. Put two stories together. I, at the same time, am looking for that precious heirloom rocking horse for that first grandchild. Oh, yes. Of course, I, I am the daughter of a um, carpenter, uh, owned a lumber company. Ronnie's father was also a builder. So we had a lot of, um, you might say, machinery, et cetera, that mm-hmm. was handed down. Didn't say it was new. I said it was handed down. <laughs> but, um, all good machinery all is good handed machinery. down. Yeah, all yes. good machinery is handed down. I was looking for that, that rocking horse. We were at the Futurity that year, and we spent a year. He spent a year going in. He spent a year going in and out looking for stirrups. Right. The Futurity is the Super Bowl of the cutting horse industry. Mm-hmm. It's a very exhausting show. That year we came home. I had looked at several rocking horses. We go to look at the last one. Ronnie's pretty particular. And every rocking horse I would come up with, he had a complaint about my rocking horse. You're fussy, aren't you, Ronnie? Yeah, not, Ronnie's chuckling and nodding yeah, his head right very now. Very fussy. Very detailed. That's why we have these. That's why you have you beautiful know. stirrups, yes. But um, being the wonderful wife that I am, I came prepared. And when he looked at that rocking horse and shook it and said, ah, I whipped from my purse a picture that I just happened to have that I wanted. We had nine days until Christmas. And I said, you got nine days, sucker. Now, let me tell you why I said that. Ronnie Nettles will take a dare in a minute. And we went home. He had nine days. We came home from church Christmas Eve. He finished that rocking horse. In the process, he also built a saddle, a wooden saddle for that rocking horse. And I can still see him coming in the back door from the wood shop that night, coming into the, where I'm in the middle of the floor with all these Christmas presents wrapping because at that time we had nine children living. Oh, boy, us. that's a lot of boxes and wrapping paper. His, mine, and quite a few others that had gravitated to ranches that had, did not have homes. And he has this, he has this stirrup. Look, I've eliminated this stirrup. I think this may work. And my answer was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's Christmas Eve, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we got to get these presents wrapped. Long story short, the next thing I knew that he is making some of these things in my kitchen. Let me explain to you that we're talking about boiling water. We're talking about wood pieces in my kitchen. And Did he take your favorite stock pot and put wood in it? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you understand that, don't you? I get it. You got it. And, of course, this is always going on at night because we're we are... Riding horses during, during the, the day. During the day, you're busy yeah. training horses, yeah. Right. And at that particular time, I'm riding for the W-R-I-T-I-N-G, writing for the equine industry. So this wasn't in our mind to be a business at all. Ronnie built his first pair. The way the stories go, goes into the arena. This one gets on the saddle. Hey, I like these. Can you make me a pair? And before long, Mama's saying, wait, this is way too many in my kitchen. Out y'all go. And the next, our son was graduating from high school at that time, and uh, or college. He was graduating from college at that time. And he started helping Ronnie build those. And the next thing we know, we just had a business. We never planned it. Had we been smart, we would have had a business plan. We would have done all kinds of things. We would have patented the stirrups. We did not do any of that. We didn't. Just built stirrups because you needed stirrups. Yeah, we didn't know any of that. Yeah. He was a horse trainer. That's kind of the old school way to start a business, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We knew nothing about patents. We knew nothing about business plans. We knew nothing. All we knew is that we needed to feed a bunch of kids and we were hungry. 
And yeah. th- that's exactly how they got started. Each and every one of these stirrups has come about because someone had a problem. They're problem solvers. And the, they called with the problem. And Ronnie's brain works different from everybody else's. And uh, he could solve the problem. So you have these beautiful, literally works of art stirrups made out of solid woods and they're laminated, etc., etc. But you also went a little bit techno with this thing called the leveler. So when did that come about, the, the, this leveler stirrup? Because the, we got tired of paying the orthopedic surgeons to fix our bodies back, right? There we go. <laughs> you see, a stirrup is, is slanted. The stirrup when it's put on the saddle, has, it's twisted up underneath. Right. It so, doesn't hang parallel to the ground. So, therefore, it's on a slight slant. Well, when you put your foot in there, then that puts your body on a slight slant. It sure does. And when that happens, it makes that's why your ankles hurt, your knees your, hurt, your hips hurt. And boy, hurt, do your ankles that. hurt. Yes. yes, they do. The leveler, because he didn't like to hurt either. Now, just go back just a moment. One of the things with the nettle stirrups from the very beginning was that they solved a lot of those problems. A, because they're a laminated product. B, because wood being a natural product, it has a cushioning effect to right. it. And C, because he worked to build them. There's some things in here. We're kind of like, you remember that bush bean, bean, bush, bush, bean? Bush uh, bean commercials? Yeah, yes. The yeah. dog's going to give away the, the yeah. recipe? Yeah. We don't give away the recipe. Got either. it. I understand. Yeah. But uh, they still didn't solve all the problems. Right. So... Ronnie hunting a better product for himself. Like I said, the man is never after helping us. He's hunting a better product right. for himself. Um, came up with the leveler. When we were doing the patent on the leveler, this was hysterical. They had been trying to do this for since the late 1800s, 1890-something. We get the, the attorney showed us where they really to do this. Trying to level a stirrup so that your body is, again, in alignment. Right. When your body's out of alignment, everything else gets out of alignment. Before long, you need your knees replaced. You need your hip replaced. Right. And, and yeah. So that's fine when you're 22, but by the time you're 62, not a good thing. If they were smart enough to realize at 22 they were going to be 62, wouldn't they change their mind? Yes, they would. So the le- that's how the leveler came about. So is the leveler available on all of your stirrups, or are there specific models of stirrup that the leveler comes on? The leveler, we got wise. We got wise. The leveler is patented only for nettle stirrups, mm-hmm. and it can go on every nettle stirrups available. All do we just stirrups. send out the leveler? No, we do not. The leveler has to be put in the stirrups at, at right. our company. But it, it's different from all of the other ways people try to adjust that problem because there's the twisting part, and then there's the part that the outside of the stirrup and the inside of the stirrup are not parallel to the ground. There's lots of different products that try to fix those problems, but they're all products that you can stand 50 feet from that horse and go, yep, they're wearing it, versus the leveler. Unless you look carefully, you'd never know. It just It's just another nettle stirrup. The year that uh, it was in, you know, in trying it out, Ronnie used it for a year and no one ever even knew it was on his saddle. Now, the difference between those and the leveler is that most stirrups, a crooked stirrup, an angle stirrup, whatever you want to call them, they're a fixed product. Right. The leveler is not a fixed product. It looks like it adapts to it adapts it to the person in the it exact does. situation. Made it, me when I looked at it and I played with it a little bit, it actually made me think a lot about the systems they use on high rise buildings in earthquake prone areas. That's what it made me think of in that mm-hmm. this is a I don't know the engineering term for it, but it, it is a it's adaptive. It doesn't just change the stirrup length. It it changes moment by moment. It allows the stirrup to move with you and your horse. That's right, because it's not fixed. Now, you take a, a, a 
stirrup that is slanted, well, that's a fixed product. And I may need a 3% slant or whatever. You may need a 5% because we're different true. size. Different sized horse, different, different sized rider. You may have a big fat horse. And when you go out like this, you're a different slant. Different I may slant. Have a skinny one. <gasps> See, this the, is good thinking. The leveler just goes with every, it floats with you it's going to go now i tell you a really good funny when i was looking at this thing it first came out ronnie first came up with this i'm not getting it i am not technically oriented you know we have left brain right brain here right i still write quite a bit i'm creative i'm, I'm, I'm not on the same brain he, finally he looked at me and he said gala just tell them think you joint he said men will understand I have no clue what I'm saying to anybody, but when a man comes up and he's looking at it and looking funny, I said, I'm t- supposed to tell you, thank you, joint. And they all go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. So if you're an engineering-inclined person, right. I still hope I'm not saying anything bad. No, I, you know, I totally get you, joint. Makes perfect sense to me. So yeah. the leveler, as well as the traditional nettle syrup that has the not-leveler system in it, mm-hmm. are available at tax shops throughout the country is that right that is correct now if they don't have a tax shop nearby call us just give the nettles folks a call and we will put a link in the show notes mm-hmm. to the nettles website that's good well thank yes. you very much gala this has been fascinating oh thank you we appreciate you stopping in and once again here at Wisa, we found something else fascinating and interesting champion helmets not everybody's going to be familiar with that brand name because they haven't been here in the United States for a little while. But I'm here with Helen Riley, who is at the Toklat booth, and she is here representing Champion Helmets. Now, for someone who perhaps is not familiar with Champion Helmets, I am a little bit. Give me kind of a brief 101 of who Champion Helmets are and how they got started. Okay, so uh, Champion Helmets got started over 40 years ago. It was a husband and wife team that were uh, training racehorses and looked for something to make that wouldn't be seasonal and they got into making really safe helmets for um, racing and then they started to make hats for all kinds of eventing, dressage. So they were making safety helmets before it was cool. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and um, they have a, a very well-known reputation in the UK for making very, very safe You see helmets. them a lot on the eventers. Yes. Yes, when yeah. I look at video and watch badminton and things, you see a lot of champion helmets. So champion helmets, your display here, I see lots and lots of big yellow placards that have that MIPS logo on them. And MIPS is some really new technology that has set out to try and make helmets safer than ever. And you did a really great job of explaining to me what MIPS is and why the newest MIPS technology, I'm going to call it MIPS 2.0, I don't know what MIPS call it, is, has made it better for fitting the helmet and better for making it its technology help our heads stay safer. So kind of give me the quick version of what MIPS is and why this MIPS 2.0 is so great. Okay, sure. So um, MIPS has been around now for quite some years. It's been widely used in the snowboarding and the cycling industries. It's never really been taken on board too much by the equestrian industry. Um, One of the main reasons for that is because MIPS needs to move, allow the uh, movement on the helmet uh, more than 15 millimeter to actually work. To do what it does. To do what it should do. 
Um, when we test to some of the standards in the UK and in the EU, there is stability testing in the standards, and you can't, your helmet mustn't move more than 15 So stability is important because you don't want the helmet to slide off. That's right. So you don't want the helmet moving around on your head, coming down over your eyes, obscuring your vision. And obviously on impact, if your helmet came down over your eyes and hit your nose, the, the helmet would break your nose. It's really key that you must have stability on a helmet. So something is one of the reasons why we shied away from MIPS for some time. And I've been looking into this technology for many years. We finally found a solution with MIPS and we've now introduced it into uh, a range of our hats. We're now able to give you, bring you MIPS technology and to keep the helmets perfect stability and therefore put the MIPS into helmets with much higher standards, such as such as the British PASO15. So it's got a higher standard, which is a more vigorous testing process. So Champion now has how many different styles of helmet that carry that MIPS 2.0 technology? Uh, so we have uh, two mold, two mold shapes with four different styles. So there should be something to fit everybody in the marketplace now. There, there would be no one that couldn't be fitted into a MIPS type of helmet. Um, and we've got different looks. So we've got something for the show ring, um, something for dressage, and we've also got something for eventing and cross country. So you've got blingy, shiny, you've got velvety, you've got leathery. You've got, got sandy, you've got stormtrooper. You've got it all here. Yeah. And your two different molds you talk about. You have the round shape and the oval shape for those people with yeah. an oval helmet. Yeah. Well, in total, we have eight different mold shapes across our range. That's a lot. But in the MIPS, we have the two shapes that we found sell the wide, most widely in America. Um, so our evolution range, which we've now called Revolve, the MIPS is called Revolve. Um, so you'd be either looking for the Revolve Vent Air range or the Revolve X Air range. And that would give you the two different shapes. Perfect. So you can find champion helmets at tack shops across the United States. So, but if somebody wanted to maybe find a retailer or ask questions about the product line, how do they call it? They want to talk and contact Toklat. Toklat, yes. Toklat and... So Toklat are our U.S. distributor, exclusive U.S. distributor. There you go. And they're very friendly and knowledgeable at Toklat. <laughs> they are indeed. They are indeed. And um, we've spent a lot of time training the uh, area sales managers and we do a lot of support with them so that they're very knowledgeable and can help the retailers get champion in store. There we go. And that's uh, thank you very much, Helen Riley, uh, for t- telling us all about Champion Helmets. Thank you. So I am back here with two of the loveliest people that we have ever met at WISA. And we met them back in June, and they had a unique product. And we love when there's brand unique products on the market. And they have what I'm calling a flight suit, and that's for you, Jamie. Uh, they have a... F- they're basically jumpsuits for riders. Yes, for right? women and for riders. And what's the name of the company? It's called Redding Goat. Redding Goat. And, and I always get it wrong, which is why I had you say it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's called Redding Goat, and it's our insulated, waterproof jumpsuit that we've designed for women and we've designed for riders. So it's definitely a reinventing coverall that is a barn essential in the winter months. And we highlighted it last year on the show, and I think some of our listeners bought them. So that's kind of cool. Yes, thank you, guys. And thank you to our customers who bought, because 
and we really appreciate it, and we hope you like it. <laughs> Poor Allison's standing here, and it's warm in here, and she's wearing the winter version. It has to be dying under there. It's very warm. Um, <laughs> we've gotten used to it, I will say, but um, you know, it just helps so much for the customers and you know the buyers that we meet to be able to see it on a person because it is such a new concept and um, sort of a new, very reworked coverall for the barn, and so we just. Put in the sacrifice, you know, to <laughs> make sure that people can see what it really looks like. So sleeping bags are rated by temperature. Like <laughs> they're, you're down to minus 20 or down to minus 10. What would you say this coverall is rated to? This coverall can go well into the negatives. We have customers um, all throughout the country, throughout the Midwest and, um, and out west here in Colorado and Utah. Um, and customers in Canada, Alaska, um, Upper New England, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, and and we have had so much feedback from them telling us that they're wearing it well into the negatives, um, all throughout the winter, and and it's just something that they can't live without. It's funny you mentioned Alaska because one of our big time listeners is Lisa Kelly of Ice Road Truckers. She's a female driver. Yeah, she's been on that show definitely. for years and years and years, and she has horses and she's always freezing her ass off because she's in Alaska. So, Lisa, we're going to send you a pair of these. We're going to get you a pair of these. Absolutely. You need to wear them. She just posted a picture from her truck. It was minus fifty. We've got one for you, Lisa, with, with, with your name on it. <laughs> and they're it. styling. So you'll look good, Lisa. You can shop all those other man truckers and all their outfits. You'll look cute. Absolutely. <laughs> so what can people ride in them, too? Yes, absolutely. So we wanted to be able, I mean, the coveralls that are out there now, it's hard. They're they're heavier, and you definitely can't ride. So that well, was one of our... bend as well. No, and but, that was one of our <laughs> biggest things that we wanted to be able to make a coverall and reinvent it so you as horsewomen can ride in it. You could do everything from feeding horses in the morning to mucking stalls to teaching lessons to standing in an indoor and definitely hopping on your horse and going for a ride. Um, from a lesson, I was sorting cows on it one weekend and jumping the next weekend and then going trail riding. So it's definitely something that you can ride in. And Are they what, slippery? No, not okay. at all. I mean... Just keep your heels down. You're good to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely great to ride in. Great to ride in. Good. And you have a, something fairly new here. Yes. Yeah, so we're really excited about it. And I know that people that have the winter version are definitely excited because we've been talking a lot about it, but we haven't really had an official launch date. And we are here at WISA showing all the buyers and retailers our new rain gear and it's just an outer shell it's completely waterproof and we have done testing out the yin yang you mean you don't get water down the butt no no it's a great rain gear um it's something the market really needed. And I it's know. lightweight. It looks, super, you look a lot cooler than she yes. does right now. Yes. It's, it's <laughs> very lightweight. It's very breathable, which is something that we definitely needed as riders and equestrians. Um, so we did a lot of research on the fabric and we finally landed on a fabric that we love and we hope that you guys love it. And, it's slim it's cut. It's styling just like the other one. Yes. And that's one thing. These are not your average coveralls. These are good-looking coveralls. Yes. Yeah. They, they make you look good. That's yeah. for sure. And yeah, and we just added a couple of features on the rain gear. We added a hood, and it definitely can go over your helmet, which is a really nice feature. Um, it's oversized. goes right over like the wide visor helmet. Um, you can still step in and out of it with your boots on. Plenty of pockets. A place for your crop. A place for your spurs. Um, and that's, I think that's, that's everything for that. that and you can ride in it. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. You can ride in it. And Where can people find them? So we have a website. It's www.readinggoatequestrian.com. And we also have. That's R-E-D-I-N-G-O-T-E. 
and we'll put a we'll put a link to it in our show notes as well. Yeah, and if you guys want to stop and try one on we on our website, we have a find a retailer page, and just click that link, and it'll show you all the tax shops that we're in, and if there's anything close by that you guys can stop in and see it, and touch and feel, and try it on, and know what your size is, and then you'll have your own Reading Goat. So we've been doing the, this is our twentieth trade show and for jennifer and i we had a retail store before that so it's probably our 30 or 40th over the years we love supporting young entrepreneurs and i'm going to embarrass you too by asking your ages and i'm asking for a reason i'm 34 and i'm 32 i love that because one of the things we talk about all the time is how this industry is growing older and there's not as many young people starting businesses in the industry yes so the fact that you guys are we're, we're here to support you we love you guys for doing this thank we're you we're glad you're still around thank you make you. a great product you've obviously put some research into it yes. and they're stylish thank you so much so i hope that all our listeners take into consideration that this they're doing this out of a labor of love <laughs> yes uh, there, there's no big corporation here backing it no this it's me is, and allison <laughs> yeah it's her and the allison two of us and completely born out of our own needs <laughs> yes and if i know like and many other young businesses a lot of credit card debt so we need <laughs> we need to make sure we support them to help with that <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's true though it is true of this industry you it walk around true. here yeah. And uh, that's the reason we love, Jennifer and I love to help support new businesses mm-hmm. and especially young entrepreneurs come up. Thank we you. met one earlier that's making all pony stuff and she's probably 25. Oh, wow. And she's, she has a whole line of pony stuff because she good. had ponies and there was nothing to buy. Nothing for the ponies. So I good. love that. Good. So good luck, guys. And Thank you uh, so much. go out and Thank buy you. it. Go out and buy one, everybody. Yes. Get the rain one. <laughs> if you're in Florida, you can wear the rain one. Yes. If you're anywhere right now north of Florida, you can wear the other ones. <laughs> yes. So they're available right now. You're freezing your asses off. You might as well go. <laughs> buy one. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. We found walking by, well, first of all, there are a ton of cowboy boots here at Wisa. So when we walked by the Tatini booth, we saw English riding boots and said, oh, we got to stop and talk to them because it's so unusual. And we met Tanner and Trisha, and they're both Tatinis. That's correct. Uh, and you guys are your first time here. First time here, yes. We had our first appearance at Ada this year. And you're right about the Western appearance. We were the first people uh, without a cowboy hat here. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> we're making an appearance and standing out so far. Although you could because you're you're from Italy, right? A lot of cowboy hats in Italy. The family's from Italy. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. The company line started 1860 in Spoleto, and we're the ancestors as well. So oh, we is that right? That well, you're what, the fifth generation? Fourth, fifth generation? I say fourth generation. Yeah. Yeah. And they started making English riding boots? English riding boots. We have apparel as well, all from 1860. Wow. Yep. They've changed the design since then, or is it still the same? Yep, completely revising <laughs> every single year. <laughs> They're not in black and white yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, actually. Uh. <laughs> so what makes your boots different than the other riding boots that are out there? That's a great question. So this is the first year we've brought them to the United States. So we have a lot of competitive values against, you know, Parlancy, Ariat. The difference mainly we have a US patent. It's an air boost technology system in the sole. So it's actually going to push out air with each step for all day wear. So it's something- like the air Nikes? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> but we actually are uh, pushing oh, look air at that. out at the same time. There's you a little thing right in there. the bottom of the heel. Exactly. Do you squish when you. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you 10 times faster when you run. <laughs> 
Oh, bit. look at that. There are little tiny bits Something in the back of the Something we wanted to combat is a lot of people slide their shoes on for the shows and then take them off after. Right. Now, we've made a boot that you actually could wear all day. For instance, we're wearing ours at our show eight hours today. And, and we have day. noticed even at shows now more and more people trying to wear their boots all day you know that you know and you can tell the comfy boots because those are the people that have them on all day exactly you know and even if you're not wearing them all day then they're more comfortable when you are wearing them the leather the leather is kind of buttery soft tell me about that yeah so it's premium calfskin leather unlike some other brands they're also handcrafted so they're not in a factory they're not all made the exact same with the repetitive mass production style our top and boot has the micro pierce cat skin leather so the riders are really loving it so it doesn't sweat as much with on the inside on the inside okay. we have a lot of florida right yeah ocala, ocala so yep. they're loving loving this boot this one also has the interchangeable straps so you can get a little bling and you have and you have the gussets at the top mm-hmm. okay yep. yep and they're all equipped with the ykk zipper as yep. well we do have- they even make boots without zippers anymore <laughs> I remember in our days of it, working at the tax shop, my job was to put the boots, and this was 25 years ago, on and off, no zippers yeah. back then. I remember uh-huh. we were selling when the first zipper came in, and I was so excited because I was... I, I didn't have to cut boots off of women anymore right. trying them on. <laughs> or have them lay down yeah, and pull exactly. them off of them. Exactly. Right. And right. we did a, that a few times because they all think they're smaller than they are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you want that tight fit as yeah, well. So. Yeah. Now, the one thing about the Italian boots is they do have a look. I mean, you can tell the Italian boots. You can tell boots. Italian versus you, anything else. You That's can. Correct. I mean, they have the look. So where do people find them? Where do they go? So right now you can see them online at www.tatiniboots.com. There's two T's in the middle there, T-A-T-T-I-N-I, boots.com. We're also spreading across retailers right now. So we've already entered into four retailers, had a great turnout at Wessa so far. Looking forward to everything else that's about to happen. And I think you'll see them expand in the U.S. as we go here. So I am here with Jacob at Sunbody Hats at Wisa Trade Show, and the hats caught my eye because I, I've seen hats made, uh, cowboy hats and other hats made out of palm leaf before, but I, I, no, I didn't know how they were made. So how is a palm leaf hat made? So we have two models. We have a Guatemalan palm, which is made out of And it's actually like a palm tree kind it of is, palm. It's a different Because there are like 200 different of, kinds of palm exactly. trees. Right. So uh, it's a different different size of, uh, well, a different breed of palm out of Guatemala that they strip it down to about, I'd say, an, smaller than an eighth of an inch, and then they hand braid it. What they do is they um, use it on a sewing machine and braid it, sew the braid all the way down to where it shapes the crown and the brim. So they take palm leaves... Cut them into little strips, and then they braid them into these hats, That's which correct. are quite stunning-looking, actually. Yes. Uh, but I would have never guessed they were palm leaves. They also have a natural starch in the palm, which is what shapes the hat. The hat is shaped with a water. And what else they can do is they can make a oak-colored palm, which is uh, a little bit darker. It's... Not as uh, cream-colored as the standard, but they just boil it longer, and then they braid it together and create the hat from there. I never knew how that was done. And you guys have about 100 different hats here, (laughs) styles of hats here. Yes, we do. We have everything from uh, a cattleman crease to a Gus all the way to... 
The um, biggest brim hats I've ever seen. Yes, we have an eight-inch brim, which <laughs> yeah, is called the El Humongo. Exactly. Yeah, they, and then there was one down here that's really tall, about eight inches tall, but also has about an eight-inch brim. Yes, it has a um, around a four-inch brim uh, top hat style. I believe it's around seven inches of a crown shape. That's a lot of hat. That's a big hat. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that one on. I will take a picture of that on me, and we'll post that in the show notes so you can all see that hat because uh, I think that's going to be a sight. <laughs> now, yeah, Jake, it's great. Jacob, where are these available at all stores? Where can they find it? And do they have, because it's called Sunbody, I assume they have some sun benefit. Yes, they do. Uh, it protects you from 90% sun protection. It is um, natural, so meaning like the palm is a natural product. So there's no chemicals in it it's just shaped by the natural starch uh the protection of the sun is definitely beneficial especially when you get to four inch brim and up um which is what you wear around the farm jennifer you wear the big brims yeah that is correct and we do have a lot of uh people in you know what the western market to you know clothing stores as well you can order from us online or over the phone we work with wholesale, and we and we work with individuals as well. And I assume stores all over the country as well. I've seen your products out there. Absolutely. We yep. actually ship international. We uh, we work with uh, a company out of Australia, as well as uh, different companies worldwide. And we have a lot of listeners in Australia, actually. So now, let me ask you: to, You're also an artist, Jacob. You told me that you're an artist. What what type of art? I do uh, landscapes and animals mainly. Painting. Uh, painting. Yeah. What type of painting? Uh, acrylic. Acrylic? Yeah. Are you a realist or a... Or a, 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 a I do I do realist. Um, there's a little bit of an impressionism background of mine. I've been painting for over 20 years. And um, I grew up all over the world, so I got to experience a lot of different cultures. And But after high school, I... Went up to Washington State, where I'm from, and uh, ran through the woods with a canvas in my car and start painting all over the place. And you uh, said that you like doing animals, right? I like doing animals. Um, so, my is there a favorite animal? Ooh, some are tougher than others, just because of shapes and musculature and face and all of that. Yeah, horses um, are tough, actually. Horse horses are tough. If you get the nose wrong, it looks yeah. like a donkey. Yeah, and it's just how it goes. Um, I. I've done two lions recently um, for a client, and it turned out fantastic. I will have to share that picture with you. Let me see it. I haven't seen any of his art yet. Oh, my God. You're really good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. This one especially is just stunning. You have each individual hair in there. Yes, I do. How do you do that? What size brush are you using for that? Everything all the way down to a toothpick. Oh my gosh! I mean, I, you can, I know the listeners can't see this, but it is when you see some of the animated stuff now on movies where they you yeah. can see each individual hair. This is the way his art is. It's really good. Yes, I um I go all the way to almost hyper realism to where it looks just like a photograph. So how long will it take you to do a painting like that? That took three days. That's all. Yes. 
You're like the guy on TV that used to be there painting the impression or the what was his well, name? Like Bob Ross. Right, yeah, Bob Ross. Doing, Only yours doing, is a lot uh, more detailed than Bob's ever was. Doing <laughs> doing happy trees, you know. <laughs> Three days to do that, and I mean, Three you days. can see each individual hair in that lion's face. Well, with it being acrylic, <coughs> um, you can work really fast. And when I sit down to paint, I actually don't move until until I'm done. Do you do custom work for people if they're pets and animals and all of that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I uh, I just finished my commissions for the year. Well, I admire anybody that can do anything artistically because I can't. This is the extent of my artistic ability is talking. So Hey, no, that's that's an <laughs> that's art form. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I stumble on my words. So where can people find the hats? What's the website? Uh, sun, it's www.sunbody.com. Dot com so s u n b o d y dot com and do you have a website for your art or a place they can see it uh, you could or? go to Instagram all right uh, my Instagram is Jacob L Coble that's J A C O B L C O B L E and I'll put a link to that in the show notes because you have to go see his art it's pretty cool thank you Jacob thank you very much.